Welcome back to the We Suite. We're touching various topics this season, like relationships, entrepreneurship, fatherhood, family dynamics, spiritual leadership of the family, and more. Our perspective of a man's role is sometimes reduced to protect and provide, but they are so much more than that, especially to us women. They guide us, they challenge us, they inspire us, they teach us, they counsel us, and provide a sense of comfort. In doing these things, they are still trying to manage their own needs. They do try to deal with their own emotions and what it means to take care of themselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and usually it's done privately or silently. So I'd like to welcome Nick Shannon, but you can call him Mr. Midweek Pump Shannon. He is a man on a mission to change the way people see their lives as speaker, author, and entrepreneur. A passionate entrepreneur of successful business, Nick uses his experience as an owner to help countless other entrepreneurs reach their goals and new levels of success. Nick is going to chat with us about what it means for men to deal with mental health and self-care. Welcome, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here and, you know, um, reconnect with an old friend from way back when. So um, I can't, sure. I, I, yeah, I can't wait to do this with you and, um, you know, hear what you got to say, because I know it's a lot to unpack in that brain of yours. So <laughs> thank you for having me. You know, Absolutely. This topic is something we don't talk about enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this entire season is um, creating a space for us to do that, to talk more, to slow down and really um, be vulnerable and hit some of the spaces that I know women in particular want to understand the mind of a man more. But then, too, for a man to have the opportunity to express himself better and express himself in ways that maybe would not naturally on a on a day-to-day situation, but this is more of an intentional space to do it. So um, them being able to also share what they experience and what they go through and how our women can help support that. I love it. I love it. Okay, Nick. So before we jump into this first question, I want to kind of provide a foundation real quick. Um, As a women's empowerment channel, we usually do focus on the needs and the life of women. But today I want us to look at how men process things and address their needs. So let's kind of go with that idea in mind. But Nick, if you can, on my first question for you, walk us through how a man deals with challenges and, you know, um, what when he's faced with those challenges, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be work or family or kids. It can be anything. Um, and feel free to use an example or all of those examples, whatever whatever works for you. But how do men face challenges? How do they process them? That's a great question. So uh, when we look at things, men process things very chronologically. Um, and, and we think things through. Most of us think things through mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> let's phrase that um we're, we're we're very strong in in what we believe in and and what we decide so when challenges occur oftentimes we we attack them head on um and 
and in doing so, there's very little emotion attached to how we attack challenges, um, mm-hmm. which can differ from many women. Uh, many women um, act emotionally and attack challenges upon emotional decisions. Well, men, we're going to see it for what it is, and that's how we're going to act accordingly. And sometimes that benefits us, and sometimes that's our detriment. And and outside in the work world, when you attack things head on, things get solved much quicker. There's less banter and going back and forth. So sometimes we often carry that back over to the house and that can cause conflict in the home because you sit in there talking to your partner in a manner that might not be felt as a respectful way because you're just trying to solve the issue. Mm-hmm. And, and we like to be problem solvers and sometimes that's not what's needed at the time. Mm-hmm. So so it, it's a lot to it. But we, we, we as men, when challenges come a- across... We like to tack them head on and not yeah. win. Yeah. Uh, I, um, you know, I resonate with you talking about not being able to turn it off. And um, I use myself as an example. I've actually had someone, you know, say to me before, I know I have to soften my approach with you. Um, I know you're coming from a very emotional space and, I've even had to say, you know, before, like, hey, I know you need to talk to me about something and I know you need to address, you know, the issue, but I'm not really processing what you're saying because your delivery is off for me. (laughs) And and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't like to generalize too much. So I will say some women um, are operating most of the time from that emotional space, whether we're at home, we're at work. And even if we're more direct at work, because we know we have to turn that up a notch, um, we're still operating from that space. Whereas, you know, like you said, men, it's more, you know, direct, straightforward to the point they, they rationalize and solve most of their issues fairly quickly, whether it's one of their homeboys or, you know, a work related issue. Whereas women, we need to talk it out. We need to feel our way through it. We need to, you know, kind of decompress and and look at all the details of the issue. And it might be a a little bit before we resolve it because (laughs) because we're feeling our way through it. And and that's how we process. We process it through how we're feeling. Um, And there are there are women who sometimes are a little bit more direct or we would say, oh, she's very blunt. Um, but even, even, even with a woman who's very direct and blunt, we're still operating on some scale from that emotional space. And so with the turning it off, I think that it's important to have conversations about what you need. I think both, especially in the home dynamic, both people have to be able to voice their needs. If it's not a safe place to do that, um, then you can't really address the issues and the conflict just kind of keeps going. So, right. you know, I definitely feel like it's important to acknowledge um, where you are. Like you, you mentioned being able to acknowledge that, hey, this is who I 
am in the world and I know sometimes it's hard to turn it off when I get home that's acknowledging that but it's important to also discuss how you like to receive communication how you like to give communication and um the parties try to align somewhere in the middle um so how important to you is it to create and carve out time for that let's let's say let's say the individual comes to the house or goes to a different location from where his environment or is that how do you create that space to create those conversations yeah i mean i don't think that once conflict arises is the time to do it i think that has to be something understood from the very beginning of initiating certain relationships so we're talking more in a you know i don't know romantic dynamic and you're getting to know each other and the friendship foundation is there, that would be the time not to wait until, you know, your months, years into it. And that's the first time you're saying, well, I, I feel like you don't, you know, talk to me, you know, with respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, a year later, addressing that is a little too late because that person, let's just say the guy in that instance and the woman, the guy may feel like, you know, this is where is this coming from? Like you, you've never even expressed that how I speak is a problem. And now you want to bring this up. And now that creates even like I'm almost opening Pandora's box because now he's like, okay, well, how many other issues do you have that you haven't <laughs> said is a problem, <laughs> you know? And now he's feeling like he can't really authentically be himself with you because he doesn't know where you're holding on to that you haven't talked about. So I think in a romantic situation, you have to be very clear up front when, when something isn't working for you or something is bothering you. And the same can be said for a guy. If she does something or speaks to you in a way that you find demeaning or disrespectful, you can't wait until it's months, years later to address that because at that point, the pattern has been built. So I think that with a relationship. Now, if it's something, um, you know, work or, you know, um, I mean, I think the same could be said about friendship, too, because friendship is still kind of relationship. But um, if it's work, I think that this is where it's going to be easier for men because they typically operate in a more direct manner. Anyway, I think especially for women you have to acknowledge your needs again, right then. So if somebody handles you a certain way or handles business a certain way with you, um, with your company, um, maybe you're going into a partnership or something. Uh, maybe it's your boss. I don't know. You need to respectfully address it when it happens. Yes. Because if not, you're setting the tone for that relationship to continue to go that way. No, I personally agree with that. And it, it, it goes to another aspect. Um, if you've ever read the book, The Four Agreements, one of the main agreements in there says, take nothing personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when you have conversations with individuals, you have to understand what they're saying and what is going on really most of the time has nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard for women. <laughs> oh, <laughs> though, especially yeah, those that are very, very emotional. It's hard for men too. It's yeah. hard for men to let's re- rephrase it. Men do it better with each other than they do with the opposite sex. Yeah. Um, mm, when the test. opposite when the opposite sex says it to a man, it's almost like a low blow or a punch. But if their homeboy says it in the same manner, 
It's like, whatever, bro. And I keep on moving. So when the opposite sex says it to them, like, man, why are you coming at me like that? Why are you talking to me in that manner? It's almost as we take it as an ego shot. Okay. And I was just going to ask you um, as a follow up to our first question about men dealing with challenges. Why, why is their response that way? And we kind of got into it that it's just hard for them to turn off their, what they know. It's hard to turn off that true instinct to be logical and direct and headstrong. And, and so because it's hard to turn it off, that the response kind of just permeates in other spaces. But with you saying that, I'm going to dive deeper because I know the women listening are going to want to know this. So why do you feel that it is so different with a woman? And you touched it about ego, but can you kind of elaborate on it? I mean, it's ego. And then we also want to look into the best light for a female. So mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. that challenges how we look in your in your eyes creates a little contention and and conflict in us it makes us feel some type of way you say anything to make us feel as though we're not up to par where we think we are for you Mm -hmm. or or the situation it's another ego shot so now instead of addressing (laughs) it we are automatically in defense mode And, Mm -hmm. and then oftentimes the conversation gets missed because now we've we've put up defense mode and we're not talking no more. We're talking at each other. Um, so so when women talk to men in a certain manner, men become defensive because we like to have a certain look or feel a certain way when we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes women are very, very good with their words. <laughs> Y'all know exactly yeah. what to say <laughs> Yeah, to push our buttons or to get us to act in a certain way. You know exactly what hits and y'all are good at doing it. And men were not the best at receiving it from, from women. Now, like I said before, if my homeboy says the same thing and in a similar manner, we can, we can still go get drinks 10 minutes later. But if my lady says it like that, Oh no, I ain't talking to her tonight. I gotta cool off because our egos hurt. Mm, mm. So okay, and I know we might talk about this a little bit later on because I did have a question that I was gonna ask you about what women can do to 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 stop, you know, certain things that kind of you know, um, let's just use the word may offend um, a man or, or create a space where he cannot be vulnerable. Um, what, let's go ahead and just kind of roll into that. What is it that you would say women could do to help alleviate those like ego shots? Um, it's been studies behind it. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to the power dynamics of a relationship. And this is going to be touchy and some might not agree with it and some may. But a lot more females this day and time operate more in the masculine role than they have ever before. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> so the power dynamics in a relationship are off, Right. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not saying whatever the man says goes. Absolutely not saying that. But there's a way females communicate that takes them out of the masculine. And there's a way males communicate that keeps them in the masculine without being disrespectful. Mm. Oftentimes we don't, we have lost that art of communication to keep power dynamics in a relationship. Power dynamics help keep intimacy, help keep romantic things going as well. Um, it's a, it's a lot of studies on it. Um, so, a lot of females in this day and age talk to men as though they are a man. And mm. it challenges men's egos. Oh, whew. all right. I wasn't even ready for that. <laughs> but you know, it, it, the, it, it, the, it, the, gets, it gets pretty deep. Yeah, and but the beauty of this, because because this this started, this whole topic started from you know the needs of men and how they process things mentally, emotionally, and physically, things like that. But I'm I'm grateful for the very authentic way that this is unfolding because, believe it or not. Power dynamics is another conversation that I wanted to bring into the We Suite. So I'm just so grateful it came up. But uh, the use of, you know, masculine energy, feminine energy is is a debate in and of itself. And then you bring into it. Um, it, it's a debate when we get into a whole bunch of like stuff about gender, sexuality. I'm not even going there, but I'm, I'm going to focus on the power dynamics between men, male and woman, because men and women both operate in both of those energies. Correct. 100%. You know, a male is just as much nurturing to his children as a female. Correct. And that, that would be considered, quote unquote, a feminine energy. Um, A woman can go on her job and be, you know, very blunt, very direct, you know, um, Mm -hmm. make a lot of hard, tough calls and decisions, speak with a high level of authority. And that would be considered the masculine energy. And I'm just giving these kind of examples so that what we talk about does not get misconstrued because it's such a touchy topic. But that's what we're talking about when we yes, when we you're say right that. on what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, <laughs> right. So that's that. I just want to make sure you and I we we clear it up for everybody out there because you know they'll come for us. So right, right. So <laughs> that that is what we're speaking of here, right? And I, as a woman, have to agree that we we are living in times where, um, you know, the old school way of viewing the masculine and feminine energies was that though we operate in them both, it is understood that we operate in one more dominantly than the other. And, and when that takes a shift, it, it does create conflicts, challenging conversations, challenging communication, and it even dwindles down to respect. And that's why we have a lot of men that have a hard time um, in their relationships and things like that when they feel like they're not respected because of the way that she speaks to him is belittling or condescending or, you know, trying to take on the more dominant role of masculine energy instead of being more dominant in her feminine energy because that is what is understood to be of the natural. 
not that she can't shift between the two, but it's understood that she should more so operate in one um, most of the time. And right. so I will say this. I am a woman that I operate in both and I know how to turn it on and I know how to turn it off. Uh, but I also am a woman who prefers to operate most of the time in my feminine energy and even more so at home. And that's probably just a natural feeling because of how I was raised. But when mm-hmm. I'm work when I'm working, I know how to operate in a more direct and authoritative way, even though it's uncomfortable for me. And I've even taken tons of personality tests because that's like my thing. I like to do it. And I've seen somebody, I've seen somebody interpret my results, a professional interpret my results, who's told me, you know, Dakis, when you're at work, this is your, this is where your charts are. And when you're at home, this is where your charts are. And then here's this other one in the middle that shows your natural risk state. And they said, you can see your authority bar go a, a lot further up at work but in your rest state and in your home state is further down and they told me you know that shows me that you know how to do it you can do it but you don't feel comfortable doing it and I almost mm. fell out on, I almost fell mm. out on the floor and I was like oh he know me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, well, those pers- I, personality know, tests can tell a lot about you it. know but I was just amazed at how it was described because it's true like I I can do that but it's not really that comfortable for me. But anyway, anyway, back to the point, um, yeah. not, a, not about me. Um, those power dynamics are very, very crucial to the success of healthy relationships, all, all types of relationships. Correct. And, you know, I think when we start talking about the marital or dating world, it's important to find someone that you're truly equally yoked with because you could be in a partnership with someone who prefers for you to operate a lot less in your masculine energy. That is a turnoff to him. If you don't, then you could be with someone who that is an attraction for them is an attraction for them to see a very, very bold, strong, authoritative woman in that masculine energy. So I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong. I think you need to be with someone that's the right fit for you. That's 100% correct because no matter the relationship at some point, one individual is going to have to operate in one masculinity more than the other they're they yeah. can't operating at the same level at the same masculinity for it to coincide that's, yeah that's just- yeah and you know what you say in that nick i'm gonna I, I, i'm gonna say something that my mama told me hopefully mama's good with me sharing this because i did not ask for permission but <laughs> um you know she told me one time that and i can't I was so young i can't remember the the exact way that she said it, but she told me one time that, you know, this is how we choose to do things as far as her, you know, and my stepdad. And she was like, at the house, I handle this, 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 and this. And he handles this, this, and this, and this. And she said, he knows kind of what I'm comfortable with and I know what he's comfortable with. But one thing that I will not do is step into a space that I know, um, I can't remember how she said it, but that she knows is really 
kind of what he needs to lead on. She, she mm-hmm. just doesn't even go over there. And so I'm not giving examples because I can't remember the exact example she gave me. Now, I think one time there was bad weather mm-hmm. and like a tornado or something was coming. And he was like, you know, I wasn't there. I think I was in college or I had graduated college. And he had told her, you know, and my sister, like, y'all need to hurry. We got to get downstairs. We got to get downstairs. And I guess my, my sister and my mom, they were putting on their clothes too slow. They, they were, they were just taking their time. And as, as the, you know, person who protects and provides, he frustrated because he's work. He's as a man, he's worried that he's not able to adequately protect his family. So he fussed at them. And my mom is like laughing it off. Like, why, why, why is he acting like this? You know, it's a storm coming, but you know, it's not that bad. So they get downstairs, whatever. Well, after everything was over, he was so frustrated with them that he said, we're going to start doing drills because y'all moving too slow. <laughs> and so, and so she called and laughed and talked to me about it. And, you know, she said to me, I knew not to mess with him though in that moment. Like I knew he meant business and I guess we got to start practicing getting downstairs earlier. That was not something she was willing to go head to head with him on because right. she knew the, the foundation of why, he was operating so strongly in that space. Right. It, that's the old adage of pick your battles. Yes, it is. It is. And so I, I, I brought that up too, because I know the importance of um, just, like you said, pick your battles, knowing when to kind of say, I'm, I'm going to, you know, especially as a, as a woman, this is another controversial topic. I'm going to submit, like I'm going, I'm going to fall back on this one. Right. Um, I'm not going to try to step over. There's so many people. Uh, men have to submit too. Yes. Men yes. have to submit too because if we don't submit, I mean, we're not the dictator in this right. situation, right? So, right. Like, ebb and flow. So, the word submit scares people, but but the word submission means to let in. Yeah. Oh. Not, not, yep. not, not, not give up, but to let in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Beautiful definition. It, uh, it scares people because they feel like they have to, as you said, let go uh, or give up a sense of themselves and that they have to give over, you know, themselves. Um, but it, it really is let in. Yeah. It is it is allowing someone else to, um, you know, help guide and um be okay with the guidance that you receive um 100 you know so i i like that you you brought up you know that submission means to let uh to let in well yeah yeah and that's that's that can help us a lot in a lot of situations even males when two two males are going at it nobody wants to submit uh it's it's like again males we have a big ego thing so even when we're arguing with each other, nobody wants to submit. But eventually, if you want to get to a conclusion or an answer, somebody has to be willing to submit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the person that knows how to submit and when not to submit the best is the person that gets the most answers and problems solved. Mm-hmm. 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 I, th- I think that we do have to... Um, allow trust to come in um and that's another big one about submission especially for women 
you are not willing to submit because there's a lack of trust. Mm. And if there's a lack of trust, then that is indication of a very different problem. It yeah. is very easy to submit when there is trust. And um, not every woman has had the luxury or privilege um, of having a, you know, present father. Uh, but those who have, um, or even those who've had a father figure uh, of some sort, or, you know, we can even, we can even go with their mother. It doesn't have to be their father. Um, they have no problem allowing that person in to guide them on their decision-making mm -hmm. to let that person in to say, Hey, you, you, you need to, you know, consider how you're handling this. You know, they don't have any problem with that sort of thing with those people because the trust is there. You trust you, your life is in your parents' hands and you trust them wholeheartedly, even if they have to tell you something you don't want to hear. Um, right. But when you are dealing with someone in your life that there's a lack of trust, you're not willing to let them in. You're not willing to let them guide you or counsel you or, or be in partnership with you on anything. So right. um, I, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think that folds very nicely into the issues in our society with the shifts in power dynamics. And um, I think that it's okay to operate in both um, energies, but you just have to... Um, you have to find someone in a relationship capacity that you're equally yoked with so that those power dynamics are not causing too much conflict. Uh, but then you also have to be open to correction. And sometimes <laughs> we're not. You have to be open to correction. Sometimes we're not. But we'll spend forever there. So let's move on to kind of more of our self-care version of the topic about men um, now that we have covered kind of how they move through challenges, uh, what would you identify personally as self-care and what would you say like generally like your guy friends would describe as a day of just taking it easy? Uh, I mean, for me, a day of taking it easy is literally waking up, taking a shower, sitting on the couch and binge watching TV and things like that um that's that's self-care to me Pete. mind mm -hmm. um now there's a difference between like a self-care day and things that i do daily to relieve stress like exercise and working out are some of the bigger components of leaving alleviating stress for me um and just meditation mm-hmm Mm -hmm. breathing like breathing exercises are are one of the one of the most important things for me as well like you know your breath breath work is like a, it's a natural antidepressant so is working out so is meditation and so and so is like hanging out with good friends like and the sun like people don't understand how important it is to actually get sun like the vitamin the vitamin D you get from the sun, how it actually helps with anti-depression and in your mood. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. there's a lot of components to it. Um, and self-care, it really isn't just one day. It's a daily thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and then individuals that actually take time and invest into self-care are the individuals that are actually more happy. And happy mm -hmm. is a 
a yeah. term because what is really happy. Yeah, yeah. And okay, so to your point of what is happy, like, are these things enough? Like, are practicing some of these tangible things enough? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a start. Um, they're like they're like building blocks upon the foundation of building happiness. Um, mm-hmm. you know, happiness is built upon block on block on block of a combination of good things and good feelings bent together that can help block out when negative things happen. Yeah. And, and, and um, in asking that, is it enough? I, I ask that because um, men and women view self-care at times, at times, <laughs> a, a, a little different. So a woman, you know, <laughs> um, shopaholic, you know, shop, shopping is good for the heart. So like all her cares go out the window if she can go shopping. Um, uh, or, you know, it's a spa day or it's Manny Petty is going to do brunch with my friends because I've had a rough week and I just need my girl time. Just as you mentioned, you know, you might spend time with your guy friends or, you know, go work out, things like that. And working out for women is important too. Mm-hmm. But there, there's one thing that I would venture to say, now women do this too, but most of the time, the majority would be the men. And women will talk about their stuff. They will talk all night long on the phone about their stuff. But as we identified earlier, men get straight to the point and they keep it moving on to the next thing. With that, some men don't always talk about it. They go typically to more of a physical way of self-care when they are too stressed. And that's their preferred way to decompress. And yes, it could be working out, but there's also more of the, you know, sexual side of things where that is how they choose to not talk about it, but just release whatever energy from that day, that week, that month, that year, whatever. Um, right. mm-hmm. but outside of a physical way of relieving that stress, what can women do to help increase how men experience self-care? So and you see, I, hold on, let me, I'm sorry. I, I just got to say the reason why I frame that up like that real nice and packaged perfectly is because I know that people listening to you, we already know what a man wants. Okay. Besides that, <laughs> besides, right, right. besides that, what can women do to help men with the self-care routine? I mean, honestly, sometimes I hate to say it like this. Men like to be left alone. Okay. Okay. We like to have our time to do just what we want to do. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, And for some men, that's playing video games. For some Mm -hmm. men, that's watching TV. For some men, that's sitting out on the back patio, smoking cigar, doing nothing, not talking to nobody, not having to say anything to anybody. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then sometimes, if you really want to know what's going on with us, you have to create a safe space for us to be able to express ourselves. And what does that look like, Nick? What's a safe space? 
what what does a specifically speaking from you know what women can do what's a safe space okay so oftentimes men feel that when they do express themselves it's not truly heard and it's looked by as okay you said what you said now what you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's not not felt that it's taken into deep consideration of, of, of what is said. So oftentimes men, we decide, eh, I'm not talking about it. I'm good. And we also move past things much quicker. So when we decide not to talk about it, it might not rear its head again until it happens again. We ain't thought nothing else about it until it happens again. So sometimes it comes off as, that's been bothering you. That issue's been bothering you. Why didn't you say something before? Oh, because I had got over it. I didn't think about it. Now it came back up. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. creating the space where men actually feel comfortable to express it the first time helps out a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that we're talking very realistically about what it looks like because women, they are not as linear. You know, they need examples. <laughs> Right, right, and right. And it's like, okay, but what you mean? Okay, but can you explain that again? Okay, but so that that's how women a woman's mind works. And as the woman on the line, I gotta help us out. No, um, for sure, for sure. And and you spoke about video games. Um, you spoke about just chilling, smoking a cigar, and women have a tendency to nitpick. So it's like, oh, I'm not gonna deal with a man who play video games all day. And she nitpicks. Um, because, you know, it's, it's her vantage point of what she thinks he should do to decompress. But that's, that's a key right there. You said it right there. Yeah. What yeah. she sees and what she believes a man should do. Yes. Which goes back to the power dynamics of trying to operate in a highly masculine energy and control the situation. But that's not partnership. Trying to control how someone um alleviate stress is not partnership to be in partnership is to listen and to understand and figure out how you can support and if support is you know what let me leave the house for a few hours let him just do his video game thing i'll go hang out with my friends i'll go see my family you know he just needs some time that's that's support it may not be the type of support she desires because as an emotional creature she may desire to sit with him spend time with him you know, lay up on, under him on the couch and talk it out. And for him, that's not doing anything but increasing the stress. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, for, for, yeah, definitely, definitely. definitely. So. And it, it, it goes back to, um, man, it was a video T.D. Jakes released like a week ago that kind of came out controversial and some people didn't agree with it. But he was like, women oftentimes want to tell a man how to be a man and a man oftentimes want to tell a woman how to be a woman. Mm-hmm. we're neither so mm-hmm. I can't tell you what a woman's supposed to do I can't tell you how it feels to birth a child and to have a child because I'm never going to ever do those things mm-hmm. and there's certain things that men do that women are never going to feel the pressures of and the stresses of, 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 of life that a man experiences and so oftentimes we hear more so women say this adage to men that's not what men are supposed to do. That's not what a man is supposed to do. How do you know what a man is supposed to do if you're not a man? You have seen examples of that 
and you have this quote-unquote image or theory that you believe what a man is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But in all actuality, you telling a man this is what a man is supposed to do is going to do nothing more but turn him further away from me. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, I I really am so happy we're talking about some of these very different layered things because I think we don't understand truly how to be in partnership. We understand how to make our requests or even demands known, but we don't understand that approaching others in life be it someone you are in a romantic situation with or just dealing with people in general you cannot come to the situation with how you expect for things to be and how you want people to react 100 you have to give people the space to be who they are and if you have people in your life and around you where you are just highly uncomfortable with how they conduct themselves, express themselves, then love them from afar. Maybe you just are not meant to gel together in that way, but you cannot consistently tell your friend how to live their life. You cannot consistently (laughs) try to tell your woman or your man how to live their life. You You should counsel them. You should be supportive to them, a sounding board to them, but when you but when you try to control what they do and how they do it, you're no longer giving them the space to be who they are. You're giving them the space to uh, be managed and controlled by what you want. And that's not partnership. So I, I think that um, these these are very, very valuable things that we're talking about that we had to give some examples to so people understand because people sometimes will also think that they are you know the best thing since as they would say before a long time ago sliced bread bag of chips whatever right um, right, right. <laughs> people sometimes have a very hard time of seeing themselves no, and it's definitely. like you know no because I'm very supportive but are you supporting him in the way that he needs or is right. it the support that is your version of what it looks like so glad we gave let, those let me, examples let me, let me let me clear this up too though mm-hmm Sometimes men need a woman to tell them, I don't like how you do this. Um, Mm -hmm. Or help them see themselves in a different light. Because, like you just said, we oftentimes think we're the best thing since sliced bread. And it's hard for us to hear somebody that sees us on a regular tell us who we are to them. Because that's what they see. So it's hard to hear them. Yeah. Okay. Do you want better? So I think that, and this, oh oh my gosh, it's so beautiful the way God is letting this roll out. Because this was on my heart yesterday. And it it, 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 it is dealing with friendship, you know, Mm -hmm. but it it applies in relationships too. Even though it may be hard for people sometimes to hear the truth. On the flip side of that, who is the person always giving feedback? If that person only shows up in your life to give feedback that is more on the ends of criticism than constructive criticism, and it's always some form of what you didn't do good enough on, 
it becomes a brick wall at a point and you do not take heed to what that person says anymore because they don't show up for you when things are going well. They don't show up for you when it looks good or to say, you know what, Nick, great job. I see your business is thriving, whatever. You know what, Nick, you handled that situation so well. Great job. If they never do that and all they do is go off and critique and critique and critique and critique every time you deal with them, I have zero desire to listen to anything you have to say because you don't even tell me when I do a good job. All you do is tell me when you think I do a bad job. Why do I want to listen? Why do I want to listen to you? Why would I ever want to listen to you? Now, if if you have been in my corner and like the kids, I'm so proud of you. Da, 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 you did a good job on this. Da, da, da. And then there's another time where you come to me and say, "Sis, we got to talk." Yeah, you could have handled that differently. I'm going. Mm. I'm probably going to listen to you because that's not your natural posture to only give me, you know, bad reports. If right. you only give me bad reports and you can never tell me what you like about me or what I did a good job on and all you can do is be negative. I don't care what you think anymore. Right. right. I don't, I don't value your opinion anymore because it's always horrible. <laughs> so, you know, that's, 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 that's true. It, it's, it's, it's all about who you keep in your circle yeah. um, and who you can go to and who you can talk to that can be authentically honest with you. Um, it's okay to have yes people in your circle, but if your circle consists of nothing but yes people, problematic. It's a problem because now you truly have nobody to challenge who you believe you are. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody to make you a better individual. And most of us su- suffer from the situation of I'm the coolest person in my group or think you're the coolest person in your group and nobody telling you about yourself. Well, probably because they don't tell you about yourself because you haven't created a space where people feel comfortable to tell you about yourself. They, they can't. They don't have a space to tell you about yourself. And you know everything. You, you know? know everything. You know everything. You are the smartest person in the room. You do everything the right way. You can never, ever be found guilty of anything. So right. why, you know, no need to tell them because their head so far in the clouds, they're not going to listen to us anyway. And then, exactly. honestly, that's the unfortunate space to be because you end up surrounded by those yes men. And if you do look crazy or if you do handle something bad, the first people that should be able to come and protect and be beside you can't because you're not going to listen. So mm-hmm. um, we, we, we're hitting some we're hitting some heavy stuff. Let me get to our last question um, okay. because. I know we'll do this all day because, um, <laughs> I mean, I got ideas every time we say something. It's like another thing. And that's the woman in me because we don't let stuff go, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so here's my other question, Nick. What advice do you have for men who are struggling with identifying that they are in a mental health crisis? So we're talking about like the challenges of how they process things in the world and at home. We're talking about how they embrace self-care and what they need and what they don't need how women can support those things but now we're looking at those who can't even identify that mentally they're struggling so what advice do you have for them um and you know how do they learn to kind of evaluate when they're in that space wow that's a loaded question okay oh (laughs) Let's let's start here for this is for every 
individual, not necessarily just the individual struggling or not realizing they're struggling. Let's take gratitude for one thing. Mm-hmm. Take your time out one morning, one day, whatever, whatever. Go outside and thank God for something that is so minute you didn't even realize it mattered. Like, go take your time and go look at a leaf and really look at the leaf and thank God. Be like, thank God for this leaf that helps me bring oxygen in it. And, and and be so happy for this leaf and everything else. It actually changes your perspective of whatever you go do next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us don't spend time showing gratitude to the things we have in our life that everything seems mundane. For that individual that doesn't know they're struggling, this will also help you realize that I'm not happy. Because I can't even be happy for the simple things God has presented or put into my life. So we gotta, we gotta, we all have to have a starting base and a starting point where where we can start to figure out where we are on a a mental health scale. Yeah. And and then once you can kind of figure out where you are, how happy or quote unquote happy you are, then you can start implementing different things of. Okay, think about it. Am I happy around people? Call that one friend you haven't talked to in years. Mm. And see how you feel after you get off that conversation. 95% of the time, you are going to feel so much better and be like, wow, I haven't talked to them in years. I feel so great. Mm. Our life is built upon relationships. Yeah. Right? So not just romantic relationships, but friendships and our relationship with God. That's relationships. Mm -hmm. Our life is built upon those levels of relationships. Yeah. All we can do is cultivate those relationships. The more we cultivate relationships and build relationships and, 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 and be around people, the happy we happier we are. Some individuals love to be like, I can't stand to be around people. I, I I hate people. I don't like it. You just have to find the right people to be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I um, I feel you when you say that our life is heavily built off of our relationships, and um, you know, I I think gratitude is a beautiful way to start off with being able to assess where you are mentally and then checking in um, with those different relationships around you to kind of see where you are. Uh, But with that, um, just kind of a quick follow-up, men that hang on to toxic things or people that add to their struggle, why do you think they hang on to those type of people? (laughs) Men have a harder time of letting, cutting things off than women. Mm. We have a harder time cutting things off than women. We always feel like we can fix situations. We can fix friendships. We can fix everything. Mm-hmm. We're fixers. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we don't cut things off as soon as we should. Yeah. Uh... Oh, man, that's another conversation. I think I'm going to have to do a whole different topic on toxicity. But um, (laughs) I I think women um, emotionally 
like to feel needed. So they operate in a fixer space too, Mm -hmm. but it's more from a nurturing way. You know, they don't let go of toxic people in their life because I can help, I can help, I can help. And um, men are one and the same as women in that because yeah. men want to be needed too, right? And I, I think that's big that you know we're sitting here talking about the differences and how men process, but that's one where we are similar. We don't let go of things because we feel like we can help the situation. Now, the driving motivation behind that may be different. Maybe for right. a woman, it's because she's very nurturing, um, but we we don't let go of things because we want to try to help the cause. Right. We, we want to feel we want to feel needed and right. we feel appreciated when we are. Um, so it's a good point. Um, I don't really have a whole <laughs> a whole lot of advice for that, except to say when you realize that you're in that helping space and you are foregoing your own needs, that's that's a caution sign. Right. Yes. Yes. And the, and the, and to sum it all up, like, honestly. We need relationships and, and individuals, but never feel afraid to seek counsel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. nothing like somebody else that doesn't have a relationship with you to help you go through problems. Right. And and Nick, I actually am going to ask you another one because okay. we we actually hit a lot of relational topics in this, you know, mental health and self care space. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to. Well, I actually have two final questions for you. Um, but well, let's do it like this. Before I get to my last question, um, we talked about me and being vulnerable, um, and I think we kind of covered it but just just to make sure with that vulnerability why do you think it's kind of hard for me to do it um i guess it's this it's it's it, well one it's never it was never taught yeah um, we were never taught to be vulnerable yeah um because like honestly just honestly speaking i'm not a very vulnerable man as it as, as myself um mm-hmm. Uh, I can talk about a lot of things, but there's some things I just don't talk about. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it was more of a how young men were raised. And, yeah. and we're, we're taught to kind of what they say is be a man, uh, man up, yeah. or uh, boys don't cry, or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so we, we in, in that essence, we don't express how we feel. We've always just all right, let me shut this off. Let me move on to the next thing. Let me keep it moving. So vulnerability shows a sign of weakness and men don't like to look weak. So if I'm vulnerable, that means I'm weak. And if I'm weak, I'm susceptible to somebody taking advantage of me or doing anything in that nature to me. So it's accountability to in oneself and, and, and understanding it's okay to be weak. And yeah, we're, we weren't taught that growing up. Most men weren't taught that growing up, especially young black men. Yeah, We were definitely not taught that. We were yeah. taught, hey, look, the world ain't finna be nice to you and mm-hmm. you already got two strikes against you. You're black and you're a male. Like, so now, now what? 
So now we have this chip on our shoulder that we're always proving ourselves, and I'm not finna be vulnerable because I'm not finna let nobody I'm weak and letting them know that I'm actually suffering in this area. Yeah. Now, it's just not going to happen. And I see and, us, I see us moving into a very different space now, especially as our men get older. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a, it's even tougher when you are like school age because there's more of a need to keep up a certain image. We talked about, you know, the ego earlier. Right. But once right. you get older, and you seek. Um, other type of relationships in your life, whether it's romantic ones, whether it's your long time good guy friend that's helping you to talk through things that you just can't even talk to your spouse about because he gets what it means to be a man in this world. So you're able to be vulnerable in that space with him and have those deep, long conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're getting, we're moving the needle in that direction as we get older. We're still yeah. kind of struggling a little bit with our younger males on that, but our older males, they live life long enough and they've been through enough to say, you know what, I got to change the way that, you know, I was taught, you know, I'm going to raise my children this way. Or I'm going to, we, we do things different now because when right. you know better, you do better. Um, right. The more education you receive, the more inclined you are to want to make a difference and a change. So I do see that evolving. I think with our younger guys, we're still getting there. Yeah. Um, but it's but much we, better now because more, more, more black men on social media are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's creating the atmosphere where younger black men are okay opening up, opening up. Like I coached mm-hmm. high school sports for eight years and and watching those young men grow up and change and trying to give them an avenue to talk, you really realize how shut up young black men are and how frustrated they are. Yeah. Um and one, and just be real. A lot of the young black men that I happen to coach do not see black men in the capacity of leadership or a a male role in the household. So so authority is something they don't respect. They don't respect and then they feel like they have to create that sense of authority for themselves. Correct. You you can't tell me nothing because I had to get through life on my own and now that I had to grow up at such a young age and I had to boss up and figure out how to take care of me. What can you do for me? I've already been through the hard times that maybe you with your fancy college degree will never understand. Never that, that, understand. That, that becomes the mindset. So um, I'm glad that, you know, we do have spaces now where their voices can be heard because now that those spaces are, exist, we can start attacking that issue. Um, and so one final question for you, because I know that this went well over what we were supposed to do, but that's, 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 that's fine. That's, that's a good conversation. That's God moving. I like to think, uh, but, but um, my other thing is um, with, this is a little different, Nick, because it's not completely, completely on the mental health piece, but uh-huh. we we're talking relationships too. Why do you think that let me get this right because I got so many women so many single women that want to know this question why do you think there are so many males that do not date for marriage as the goal anymore that's a loaded question Um, I know I know I know I know (laughs) 
That's a very loaded question. I know, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. Don't worry about the time. I know we're a little over, but I, I had to ask it because that is what I am hearing and dealing with in so many conversations. And women have submitted questions to you know we sweet about it. So I want to ask a male why you think that some men, I know it's not all, don't date to marry anymore? I mean, for one, men, it's easier. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then just the the retrospect of of marriage, and and we do statistics, 80% of divorces are initiated by women. Hmm. Hmm. And then when the divorce happens, most of the time the man loses a significant of a financial investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of it's a lot of what do I get out of being married for men nowadays? What do they get out of it? And it's easier. Can you talk to us about the easier? Is that is that is that the financial aspect? Is that the, the, ex- financial, the, expectation? financial aspects, the expectations and whatever happens, happens. Like I can move on without any deep ties to the situation. Uh, it just becomes, it becomes easier. So like when you look at our society now, I'm just going to be real. Our society is messed up. <laughs> like our society, the way we see things and everything is, is, is messed up. Yeah. Um. And, and, and honestly, men as a whole, because I can't speak for all men, but I can speak upon what I hear and see, is that how does marriage benefit me? Mm, oh, man. <laughs> Cost-benefit analysis is what we're talking about. How does, how does marriage benefit me? When you, when you sit there and break it down from a perspective and you look at it, from what a what a man, quote unquote, was required to do in marriage, or tries to do in marriage, and then when a divorce happens, how much you see men actually lose? There's no no thing really pushing men towards marriage nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our society is a, a huge issue. Um. I think I th- let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that because we say society, and I don't know if it's clear enough for people. So let me restate that. Um, I want to be intentional about my words. I think that the people living in this time in our current era mm-hmm. are exposed to so many options. Ooh, yes, of how to do life. Right, right. And right, a long right. and a long time ago there was a standard and it was the only way to do that standard. Correct. And once you married, you know, you re- you, you you didn't leave. That that, that that was the only way. Correct, correct. And then there are other options of just a whole lot of things in today's society that were not acceptable back then that are acceptable now. And so, and I'm not going to get into all the politics of that. We'll definitely be here forever. But with that, (laughs) with that in mind, 
because the world presents all of these options, why limit myself? And I'm going to take that a step further. That plays a huge role as well. I'm going to take that a step further because I think when we speak societal, we're not just speaking relationship. I think we're think we're, we're talking about the way we do life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I have options of who to date, you know, even from a very young age because I have social media now. So I don't have to date the, the girls that are at my high school. Mm-hmm. I can date a girl that is all the way across the country if I want to. And right, I can right. date one that is that physically looks this way, that way, whatever. Um, right, right, right. That that's a that's an array of options. Then let's look at other type of societal options. I'm not limited to um, living in this type of home. I have accumulated a better life for myself than what my parents and my grandparents had. They afforded me the opportunity to have more. So now that I have more, I'm not limited to living like this. I can go have this, 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 this. It's more, more, more. It's the natural human desire to want Want more. more. Correct. And so when there's all these options and the desire that truly the world is your oyster, you can have any and everything you want. Are you speaking now? I think that that creates that cost benefit analysis mindset as to, well, how does marriage benefit me? Because it's no longer about the root of what marriage looked like, especially from a biblical standpoint. It it becomes more about me. It doesn't become about the other person. It doesn't become about my my spiritual walk and my God-given duty in the relationship of marriage. It becomes about me my fulfillment, how I want to live my life is an I, me situation. Mm, yep, 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 and, yep. And so that is what I think my opinion has become of it. It's, it's, it's not the true foundation of what marriage was supposed to be. We have created a, a, a society of very selfish individuals. Selfish individuals and I can live my life without any type of standard. I can do I can do it better by myself. I can do it better by myself. I can create my own rules. I do not have to abide by you know the Christian principles. You know, I can go out here and I can be quote unquote self-made. Nobody's self-made, but that's the that's the mindset. (laughs) And and when you think I'm self-made, you think that life revolves around you. So I think I think that's the issue why there are people not dating and marrying more. If I could you frame that up. 100% 100% perfectly. I, I was praying about it, Nick, while we started talking. I said, help me, Jesus, do this. <laughs> I don't yes. say it wrong. You know, you framed it up 100% perfectly. <laughs> I, I we're in a society right now where we are acting on basic human instinct as to what, what want what we cannot have or want what we should not have. And if I want it, I'm going to go get it at all costs. And I don't want to have the accountability of a partner to stop me from doing what I want. Oh, wow, Nick, that word, the accountability of a partner. And you actually will have people say that now that I don't want the responsibility of a relationship because although they're out here on this self-made journey and I'm going to do whatever I want by no rules, 
in the same vein, they do understand that a relationship would require a certain standard to be right. met. And right. so it's like, I'm opting out of that. And so right. they go off and they live life by their own terms. They'll still live a life that may look like commitment, you know, a house with somebody, kids with somebody, um, all these different things, multiple different girlfriends, whatever. They'll go do all that and boyfriends. Let me back it up. I know y'all, I fixed it because <laughs> women women do that too. Mm. Uh, but the bottom line is there is a cost benefit analysis mindset. And I think that those who desire to truly be married and it's so hard to figure out who your person may be that wants what you want. I think you just have to trust God and wait and, and stop putting this picture perfect timeline around that because, you know, our time is not God's time. And that's all I got on that. I don't have all the answers. I can only <laughs> speak to what I know. <laughs> that's one mystery that's going to forever just plague society. Like, or the current standing that we're in, you know, yeah. saying so you have you have kids now at the age 12, 13, 14, 15, talking about I don't ever want to be married. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and let's just be real. What sh- what are they shown that makes them want to be married? Yeah. Every time you look up, and these kids are exposed to way more than what we were exposed to at their age. So they get to see everything they want to see and do everything that they want to do at a very, very early age. What makes them want to be married? What is going to make them want to be married? Yeah, I think I think we have to change the narrative. And I think people like you and I need to have a deeper conversation on this. So we'll we'll do a whole different talk about this. Because <laughs> I, right. think, I think the, the only responsibility that I think I can have in the, at this point is changing the narrative. If, if social media is highlighting all the benefits of living by the quote unquote culture, how do people like you and I who have a vested interest in the betterment of mankind shift the narrative? And that is another conversation. You, you are 100% correct. All right, Nick. Well, <laughs> excuse me. I kept this way too long. So where can our listeners follow or connect with you? They can follow me on Instagram at underscore N.A. Shannon. Uh, same thing on Twitter. And on mm-hmm. Facebook is Nick Shannon. All right. Perfect. And I know um, that you do a lot of work, too, from your business. So you guys plug in with Nick. I'm going to close this out with some tips and then the rest of the day is yours. So in talking with Nick, who we are so, so grateful to have today and hit some very heavy things, um, we discussed that men think logically They are strong-willed in their beliefs, and sometimes it can be hard for them to turn off the head-on problem-solver approach to tackling challenges. So, you know, just create a space where you allow them to be vulnerable. Um, They can respond in a defensive manner because sometimes us women, we may speak in a way um, that attacks their ego. And honestly, all that really boils down to is that he cares how you view him. So just be mindful of 
the energy you have when you are embracing a guy that's trying to open up to you. In our society, we are dealing with a lot of power dynamic shifts. So the best way to handle that is understanding in the words of Nick Shannon, Mr. Midweek Pump Shannon, that is submission means let it in and not let go. So please do not view that as giving up um, your power, but opening yourself up to a true partnership with someone else and allowing them to pour back into you as well. Self-care isn't just one day, it's daily. You cannot control um, what self-care looks like for someone else, but you can support them in that. And then one of my favorites, gratitude. Gratitude can help you change your perspective. That's the starting point to assessing your mental space. And then finally, we will do a larger topic on this soon, but why don't men date to marry? Well, you know, it's looking like our society values that cost-benefit analysis approach, but our advice to you is to wait on God and don't worry about your timeline. Um, so, Nick, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so happy you said yes thank for you being for here. Me. It was a great, I enjoyed this. Yes, of course. Um, I will uh, uh, go ahead and close this out, you guys. So thank you for joining us in the suite. Don't forget to follow the We Sweet podcast on your favorite listening platform and add me on Insta at Dr. Dakeese L. It's in the podcast bio and see you guys soon. 